When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We see images of people dressed up as creepy creatures and ghouls. But what if I told you that sometimes the creatures in our world are 100% real? Are these demons? Werewolves? Aliens? Join me to hear about creepy creatures and cryptids at SOS Paranormal, where it's Halloween every day. Devilish Mischief Turkey, 1960s This is a story Ersin told me from his time in the military in Turkey. He was a guard at a post there and recalled this event as it happened. In strategic locations around Turkey, there were checkpoints and small huts that were manned by the military. Every time Ersin was on shift, he would hear clanging on the back of the hut as if stones were falling or being thrown at it. The noise was irregular and not too frequent, but frequent enough to be annoying. Urson had gone out to investigate on several occasions and found nothing except for a few stones on the floor around the hut. It was annoying, but he assumed some children were playing a prank and let it go. This would happen to Urson shift after shift, and soon enough he started to get frustrated with the children playing a trick on him. He thought he would outsmart the children and give them a scare. So he snuck out of the hut to walk around the perimeter, looking for whoever it was throwing rocks. But he would never find anything interesting. He would return to his post, only to soon again hear the noise of the rocks being thrown against the back. One day, having had enough, at the start of his shift he decided that instead of standing guard at the front of the hut, he would wait inside the hut at the back, and there was a small window there. He hoped to look out that window and see if he could catch the culprit. Surely enough, after a while, the sounds of rocks being thrown began, and he waited just a little while more, and then he looked out the window to see what was going on. He wished he hadn't. He looked out and saw a large pile of rocks piled up against the wall of the hut, and, in the background, not too far away, he saw a large, ugly and bipedal creature. Its feet were twisted backwards, and it stared at him coldly as it threw stones at the hut. The Howling Near Rome, Italy, circa 1950 There was a family of three living in a villa-style home in a semi-rural area of Italy. The family consisted of the mother and two children, Riccardo and Maria. Riccardo recalled every moment of this encounter as it was firmly burnt into his mind. The family were fast asleep one night, and was suddenly awoken in the early hours of the morning by a loud and quote-unquote ungodly howling sound that no person could ever make, coming from the outside of their home, but not too far away. Ricardo and his sister jumped in fear and looked for their mother in the dimness of the night. They wanted to shout in fear, 
but they froze perfectly still as the howling once more shook the quiet night. They looked at each other nervously across the room. Ricardo, who was about 12 years old at the time, was about to say something to his mother, and she quickly raised her finger to her lips in a shushing motion. She indicated to both of her children that they should stay quiet and still. The three of them lay there on their beds, still and silent. All the while, that terrifying howling grew louder and closer. Soon, it was outside their very house. Ricardo's blood turned cold as they could hear footsteps now outside the house. The footsteps were loud and heavy and belonged to whatever it was that seemed to be circling around their home. The howling continued outside and they were scared beyond belief. Ricardo recalls hearing the footsteps of this thing approaching the side of the house. They could hear the movement of the stones on the pebble bed outside of their windows. This walking sound made its way from one end of the house to the other, and eventually the footsteps and howling faded as whatever it was rounded to the back of the house. Once the sound faded, the children jumped into bed with their mother and stayed there until the morning. In the brilliant daylight, when they awoke, they emerged from their house to look outside. There was nothing disturbed except for one thing. At the back of their house, there was a water pump that they used for their water. When pumped, the water would collect in a barrel below it. Someone, or something, that night had activated the water pump as it had evidently been running all night. The large barrel was overflowing, and now water was spilling everywhere. At the time, the family feared that whatever had come past the previous night was hot and wanted water. Based on their understanding of their region, they came to the conclusion that they had been visited by a werewolf, as locals say that werewolves are always hot and seek out water. In fear for their safety, Ricardo and his family did move out of that house a few weeks later, but not before a second incident would take place. Stay tuned for the next story to find out what happened. The Howling Strikes Again Near Rome, Italy, circa 1950 The second incident that Ricardo experienced was only a few days later, and it would be the final straw that caused him and his family to move from the area. Traditionally, wine in Italy was bought and sold in large flasks, much like the vase, and Ricardo's mother had sent him on an errand to the winemaker's house to purchase a refill. Ricardo was walking down the long street to the winemaker's house and turned into the driveway of the winemaker's residence. It's worth noting that on a semi-rural property, even the driveway approaching the house is quite long. The sunlight was already fading and it was late afternoon. Ricardo knew he had to hurry back home as he didn't want to be out in the dark. As he walked up the driveway, he started to sense that something was wrong. He couldn't quite place it but as a result, he started to grow afraid. He could see the winemaker's house just a little further up the driveway and pressed on. Suddenly, again he heard that ungodly howling in the air. But this time, it was much, much closer. He jumped startled as the sound was coming from just behind the hedges right near him to his left. <coughs> 
he froze for a second in abject fear as the howling continued on the other side of the hedge. And now, the branches and leaves of the hedges began to shake violently as if something were attempting to emerge from the bushes. Ricardo panicked and dropped his wine flask and turned to run. He stumbled momentarily and then ran, like he had never run before, and he was too afraid to look back. All the while he could hear howling behind him. As he ran back to his home, his heart never beating faster. He could hear the howling still behind him, but in the distance. He stumbled through his front door and locked it behind him, and ran straight to his mother, whose eyes were wide open with shock when he told her what had just happened. This is when they decided to finally move. What was it sitting there? Lidcombe, New South Wales, Australia, 1989. Mick and Andy recalled an event that occurred when they were about nine years old. Mick shuddered as he told me the story, but he swore that to this day he had no idea what it was that he had seen. Next to Mick's primary school was a nun's convent and between them was a wooden paling fence, as was common for that time and that area. From the schoolyard at lunchtime, Mick and Andy were walking along when they caught a glimpse of something through the palings of that fence at the rear of the nun's convent. The rear of the convent was essentially a backyard and had a small garden. Mick and Andy started to stare intently and could make out the green figure of a human-like creature through the fence palings. They then looked at each other in disbelief, and back at the figure. They described it as a green-coloured humanoid figure, and it was green all over. It sat still and quiet in the backyard of the convent, with its knees near its chest and its arms in front of it. Mick and Andy stared in disbelief, and again looked at the figure. It was clearly someone or something sitting there. They both spoke about what they could see and agreed that they could see the same thing. This was strange to them, but suddenly things got stranger as it disappeared from sight right in front of their eyes as they were watching it. Both of them turned pale now and afraid started to look for a teacher. Soon most of the playground were standing with Mick and Andy and looking through the fence to see it, but it was no longer there. Have you guys ever experienced anything like these people have? If you'd like to submit your own chilling true tale, so that your story might be featured in one of these episodes, contact me on seekersosparanormal at gmail.com. Email details are in the description. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time.